Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. sit with my best friend tone what's up buddy what's happening brother i wish you were next to me man well this uh th- th- this sickness thing is keeping us apart too much yeah you know another COVID scare knock on wood uh you know i'm negative but uh just giving another day just to be safe uh i had my nephew here over the weekend and uh uh he woke up in the middle of the night positive and uh with COVID and you know, you spent two or three days here, and so it's you know all just taking taking precaution. That's I mean, we we live in a world where safe is better than sorry. You know, I'm you know, sick of sick of the sorry stuff, and uh, I don't want it anyways because you know I, I actually want to go to work this week whether you do or not. So <laughs> we're gonna do I'll that. I'll be there tomorrow if I'm te- if I test negative in the morning. I'll be there tomorrow. Well, I hope you test negative um tomorrow so we can uh, so we can hang out at work all week. Hey, so um. We we uh, I'm pretty excited about our guest today. We're we're gonna uh, get into her, her her life and her story and all that stuff. Um, I, I met Joy. Actually, we we kind of chatted online a little bit, but then uh, we met at TVR back in November, um, which was really cool. It, it was a cool event because um, I was able to meet a lot of people who we had met e wise, but hadn't really met in person. So it was it was a nice uh, it was a nice event to to meet people in person. Yeah, I saw uh, saw your little Instagram post with with Joy and others, and uh, I, you know I, that was another COVID scare. I, where uh, I don't know what's what's going on. It seems like I I attract a lot of COVID people, but uh, <laughs> at least I'm dodging them. But yeah, right. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of want to. I have a lot to say, but I think we're gonna we're gonna let uh, Joy introduce herself, and we'll kind of walk her through her uh, her story. What do you think? Absolutely, brother. Looking forward to it. Let's do it. So, Miss Joy Williams, welcome to your day off. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys doing? We're doing amazing, man. Good. You are so photogenic. You oh, look great you. on the camera. <laughs> thank you. That's saying a lot for Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? It's that, it's that, it's that smile that, uh, that, that uh, electrifies the room. Aww, yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you know? So, Joy, where um, where are you from? I am from Texas. Um, I was born in a little town called Henderson, Texas, and then I moved to Houston uh, when I was 10. So, you know, pretty much a Houstonian now. Is it, where, Where's Henderson? Um, um, it's in, is it's it in near- East Texas. It's in East Texas. So it's, um, if you guys have ever heard of like uh, Stephen F. Austin State University over in like uh, Kilgore, Longview, Tyler, it's all those little towns 
in East Texas that if you blink twice, you're going to miss them all. <laughs> Fair enough. We actually, uh, Tony and I had never really spent time in Texas, but the last year or year and a half or so, we've actually, we've been to Austin three times. So we've been, oh, yeah. been kind of in your hood, right? I mean, it's not too Yeah, far. yeah. I went to UC Austin. Oh, cool. oh awesome. Yeah. It's a neat, it's a neat town, dude. Tony and I just we fell in love with all the restaurants and the in the food oh, yeah. there, man. It's such Fingers. an eclectic place. <laughs> hey, have you I so you're it. in Houston now? Have you eaten at Laurel yep. yet? So one more time, I'm sorry. There's a restaurant that just opened called Laurel, L-O-R-O. No, I haven't. I've heard about it though. Dude, we went we is ate it in, good? Oh my gosh. It is so okay. good. We and okay. it's it's at least the one in Austin isn't isn't terribly expensive either. So like you can actually okay. enjoy the meal instead of you know eating with guilt. Right. Right. I have to check it out. Houston is definitely a foodie's paradise. So if you are a foodie, there's so many things here to eat. So yeah. That's yeah, I can I, I, dude, big shout out to Lauro. So uh you know, yeah. no promotion from us aside from we love the place, man. It, it's so <laughs> cool, cool thing. I'm gonna check it out I mean, so. I don't, know, I don't know if you're a Dallas fan or not, but Corey's a Dallas fan. I want to uh, congratulate you on your first playoff win in over 30 years. <laughs> I know it's so crazy. At the expense of your uh, your wife's team. I, yeah, I love exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that, congratulations to them. I, I don't really get into the football thing besides, <laughs> you know, to just eat snacks. Yeah. Um, but Here's yeah. what I'm positive about. By the time this podcast comes out, Cowboys will be out of the playoffs. So <laughs> it's quite possible. I'm not even going to lie. It's quite possible. Oh man, for sure, for sure, for sure. So Joy, how did you uh how'd you find the industry? Um, so my for, basically since a child, um my Mom was very much a flower child, much like I am. Um, and so she would do the kids in the neighborhood's hair. Um, I had a uh, coming to age moment at five when I decided that I no longer wanted anyone else to call my hair, that I wanted to do it myself. <laughs> and so uh, my grandmother um, and my aunties, they were like, girl, you went to school with some wopsided ponytails, but we were letting you express yourself. Um, and so, but it, it was always a passion uh, but of course, you know, I also ventured toward the, you know, go to college, get a good job type of thing. Right. And uh, I worked at the um, state capitol during college when I was at UT. Um, I was also working, going to school full time and working at the state capitol. And my dorm room was a beauty shop because that was my extra money. Right. And so, um, you know, we're all away from family and have no money. And so I was doing like $10 haircuts and, you know, stuff like that, just for my friends and the people in the dorm. Um, and then when I moved off campus, uh, my like living room became the beauty shop. So I would tell people, I started as a kitchen tissue. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so um, you know, it kind of was, it kind of, you know, started that way. And once I uh, had... Uh, a moment when I was about 20, 21, and I realized that I no longer wanted to be an attorney and I did not want to be a politician anymore. After, although I was a debate champion and all those things, um, I was good at it, but it wasn't my passion. My passion was hair. And so um, I decided to go to uh, Paul Mitchell, the school, and the rest is history from there. Well, well, well hold on. We, there's a lot of history we, we, we missed out <laughs> on. Did you, did you go to law school? No, I did not go to law school. I did not. Um, I, I had my midlife crisis before I went to law school. So I saved myself a few thousand dollars in debt that way. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I was I was headed that way. I was on the path. I was 
you know, I was working at the state capitol. I was doing all the classes. I was, you know, taking up. I was on that path, you know, right in the thick of it, right in where if that's what you want to do in life, that's what I was doing. Um, and I realized that I was just I was too much of a creative um, to be so structured. Like I have, I do think with both sides of my brain and I do, you know, have the structured side, but they were miserable and I was not interested in living my life miserable for a job. So what, what, what was your family's reaction to that decision? Were they, were they excited for you or are they like, uh, not at first. <laughs> <laughs> Not at first. They were like, you're going to do what? Be a hairdresser. Um, a couple of my other family members, uh, you know, were, were hairstylists. And, you know, that was cool for them. But I was a little sister that was like, my title was, oh, this is my sister that's going to school to be the attorney. Like, that was the whole name. Right? right. So when I got introduced to new people, oh, this is my little sister that's going to school to be the attorney. Like, that was literally the thing. And so, um, you know, when I pivoted, everybody was like, wait a minute, you're doing what? you're not going to make any money. You're not, you know, like all of those things. Right. Um, and now after working in this industry for 20 years and working uh, fashion week and film and TV and, you know, Miss USA and Miss Universe and all those things are like, oh, my sister does this and she does that. And she did this pearl and she's a celebrity hairdresser, you know? Um, and not that they weren't, not that they weren't necessarily unsupportive. It was just like, wait, you're, you're throwing your career away. You know what I mean? Like it was like, what, You've 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 done all the things you've you know did all of the 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 scholar programs and you've you know you've been a debate champion and you've done all these things and now you're going to pivot to a whole different industry so it was some concern which I understand mm -hmm. um, but ultimately I've always been um, that child that I'm going to go off the beaten path anyways and I've always been that way so they were like we gonna trust you okay this is what you want to do fine just make sure you're freaking great at it. Right. <laughs> and, did you, and did you feel that pressure to be great at it? Um, yeah, because I felt like like I totally understood where family and friends and other people were coming from. Um, but also it is a I think as a creative, we tend to put a certain level of pressure on ourselves anyway, whether anybody else says anything or not. Um, for me, if my name is attached to something, it has to be top tier, top notch. And so um it's probably the overachiever child in me. Um, but yeah, that was that was my thing was, you know, I'm going to show that I can do this. Um, and I also uh, decided that I didn't want to do it the conventional way. So after cosmetology school, I didn't work in a salon until about three or four years after I got my license. I went straight into the field. So I went into doing uh, fitness competitions, pageants, photo shoots. Uh, I went straight into that. And so, that was so cool. when you were you were doing fitness com com competition, yeah, yeah, thank yes. you. Ooh, that was tough. Um, <laughs> like like you were doing that, or you were doing the girls that were doing the fitness competitions. I was doing the hair and makeup for the girls that were doing those things. Mm -hmm. Wow! So right out of college, right out of right out of cosmetology. Oh, right out of cosmetology. Like, cool. Yep. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I think from the exposure of one of my um, sisters did hair she did you know she was in cosmetology school and i was like her mannequin when she was in school mm -hmm. um but before basketball wives was a thing her friend her she and her friend would go and do some of the basketball's players wives hair um and so i was like oh i can make that kind of money and not have to be stuck in a, a salon all day mm -hmm. sign me up <laughs> yeah right 
<laughs> easy, easy. Not, not everybody has that that confidence, or because uh, it takes a lot of confidence in yourself, especially right after uh, cosmetology school tackles. These are big events. Yeah, yeah. I think I've I've been doing it for so long, you know, um, because because I, as people say, you know, you go to you go to get your degree for your piece of paper. I kind of went to cosmetology school for a piece of paper. You know, I was the assistant and the, the floor sweeper and the shampoo tech and all that stuff in high school um, while I was on the debate team. So, you know, I had been, I think, in and around and exposed for so long and it was a natural gift. I mean, like I said, I've been doing my own hair, even though it was bad, um, since I was five. So, <laughs> so, you know, I kind of, I had, I had the confidence from the fact that I've been doing this since I was a kid. Um, and if I'm going to make such a major change in my life, I want to do it on my own terms. Yeah, that's amazing, because the only thing that I realized when I got out of ha hair school was that I was confident as can be until I learned everything I didn't know. Or I, not learned or saw everything I didn't know. Like, oh, I don't know nothing. You know? Right. Right. And, you know, the thing the thing about it is. Um, you know, I, I'm not at all sitting here saying, oh, I knew everything. Like, my work has completely improved. Um, but I think I was just bold and crazy enough to say, yeah, I'm going to do this photo shoot. And now I look back, I, I have uh, my first my um, my first picture from a photo shoot. And I was like, why did nobody tell me that makeup was terrible? But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was bold enough to do it. So they were like, cool, let's shoot, you know? Um, and so... You? You know, it was it was kind of that thing. Um, also, because I've always been a person that's just kind of like a flower child, I always did multiple cultures. So I was never um, afraid, really, of taking on, you know, an Asian person, a white person, a black person, whatever. Um, that was always kind of my thing. I've always had a kind of rainbow coalition of friends and associates. And so even when it came to doing hair, uh, that was my thing. I actually went specifically to Paul Mitchell. And I think in the admissions, one of the things that they asked me at the time, I was still in Austin. And they were like, well, why do you want to go here? And I was like, well, because I want to learn how to do it. At the time, I said white hair um, in a professional way. And they were like, well, you know, hair is hair. I was like, yeah. I was like, but I have black hair. And most of the time, black hairdressers go and just do black hair. And that's not what I want to do. I want to be able to do everybody. Um, and my, my, mantra was I want anyone any age any race any sex to sit in my chair and I'm able to do their hair and so that was my focus right off the bat um and so because of that and because I bumbled through some haircuts and some color and some highlights and you know kind of found my footing um I felt I think confident in the fact that okay whoever comes to this photo shoot I can do something you know what I mean it may not be the best thing you've ever had but I can do something because I've had the experience I've exposed myself to the experience that's great I mean and, and I think your odds of being hired, I, I would think, would be increased because you can do everything. You know, there's yep. like someone who can speak multiple languages. They they, they have the advantage, right? You exactly. Know? So I, I think you have the advantage. In, in, and, and unfortunately, our schools are set up that way where you learn uh, whether, I'm not going to say white hair, black hair, or whatever, but like. Right, right, right. It's just, yeah. it's unfortunate that it, it's you don't learn all textures you, you know? don't learn all textures still that is definitely something that even in 2023 we're still you know talking about and you know um definitely championing for uh is to make sure that the education is there 
whether you get it in beauty school, which would be actually great, um, or whether you get it post beauty school by classes or, you know, things like that, um, that all textures should be taught. You know, I don't, I don't understand why it's not. Um, but I think that is something that as a hairdresser from a black experience, I know a lot of hairdressers that know how to do everybody because we really didn't have a choice. All the mannequins were like straight or wavy hair. Um, all the color and cuts were expected to be done on straight or wavy hair. So if I grew up with, you know, curly, kinky, wavy, coily hair around me and doing my friends that have that texture, and now I'm in cosmetology school and everything is straight and wavy, then I gotta learn, you know what I mean? And so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience that I don't think people really think about at that space that a lot of black hairdressers know how to do everything. Um, and, and it really sets you apart. Now, whether you decide to put yourself in a position to be able to do everything or not, it's totally up to you. Um, but I think that it, it, it's something that requires maybe a little bit more effort if you don't have an ethnic or a black experience because you're, you're not in cosmetology school with curly hair mannequins or kinky or coily hair mannequins. So, you know, unless you specifically make the effort to go and find clients or get mannequins to practice on, that's really not a part of your experience until after you beauty school and you're like, wait, oh, I don't know how to cut this type of hair. So. Let's, I mean, I, let's, I, 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 is there a difference in how the hair is cut? Is there a difference in, in, in the approach to, to cutting coily hair as opposed, as opposed to the mannequins um, as well? You know, cause it's one thing like we hear, like if we hear just the words, the words is, the words are like all hair is the same, but is that the truth when it comes to the approach of it? Scientifically? No, because you're sectioning your, 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 your angles, your, you know, 80, 90 degree angle, all of your scientifically, no, the approach is the same, right? But what you have to think about when you're dealing with curly, coily, wavy hair um, is how that hair is going to fall. So of course, curly, coily hair is going to fall at a different way than straight hair will, right? So, you know, straight hair pretty much hits back at a zero degree level, whereas I can cut coily hair out this way, but when it falls, it's going to go shorter. You understand what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's a way of knowing scientifically. The theory is very similar, pretty much. You know, like you're gonna approach it the same way, but it's the it's the thinking that is required of how this hair is going to fall when I'm done. When I'm done and styling it, how it's gonna fall in its natural state. Uh, you know, when we're when we're complete with the service. So I think, you know, that's the part that that I don't think is really talked about or try or taught trained. Uh, throughout the industry or hasn't been. Do you find it a little bit more unforgiving or forgiving? Because if you if you take it too short, I guess it's really any hair, straight, curly, you know. Yeah, but... if you take it too short, yeah, that, they're going to be mad at you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you, can blend, you can blend straight hair a little, I think. I, 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 yeah, to me, I think, yeah, the approach you you have to you have to think it through. You have to think it. You out. have to think it through, and I think that's the that's the thing about it is is that you have to think it through. I think that um, because it requires thinking, right? Because it requires you to envision something at the end. Which not saying that straight and wavy hair doesn't require you to have a vision 
for what it looks like at the end. But the training and understanding how to approach it when it comes to a haircut or how to hydrate it properly when it comes to a shampoo, because um, curly, coily hair needs to be hydrated in a, in a little bit more in a different way, right? Like all hair needs to be hydrated, but you need to really make sure that it's like fully saturated with curly, coily hair. Um, if the shampoo bowl and making sure that you detangle and those types of things with your fingers. So it's really sort of like technique and and the vision to think it, to think think it through. Um, and I think that what has happened because we've not gotten that practice in beauty school because the mannequins are pretty much non-existent besides like clients that may come in with curly, curly hair. Um, and because, you know, dominant uh, culture when it comes to beauty and the way that marketing is done in the industry um, has not really favored tight coils or curly hair um, in previous years, it is automatically put in a category of, oh, this is very difficult. This is too difficult because you have to think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not, it's not at all difficult. It's just, a, it's, it's including techniques. Yeah, you know, you 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 they become afraid of it, or they're they're afraid to try something new, or try you know, and then they then it's kind of like stay away from it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting because you know we did a show last year with uh with with Lisa, and we were looking for Mm -hmm. mannequins, and and it was really really difficult to find coily mannequins. And I don't know if it's a COVID thing. I don't know if it's a supply thing. I don't know. Are they always difficult to find? They always have been. I honestly don't remember because, again, I've been in and around the beauty industry, even if even before I was actually in it. You know, I've been around it since a kid. I don't remember seeing a curly, coily hair mannequin before 2000. Wow. Are you serious? So serious. I don't wow. remember seeing one at all. Um, and even then, it was like, um, like a curl, like a... There wasn't any coils or kinks. It was more so like a like a S pattern kind right. of curl. So it still wasn't really true to all textures, right? So, and even now, like there are very few. Like there are some manufacturers, shouts out to you that are doing it now. But before the year two thousand, I hadn't I didn't see one. Wow, that's amazing. Well, and, and mm-hmm. to your and Tony, kind of to your point, like um. Like you don't want to practice your first time on a person with coily hair. Like you need the mannequin. mannequin. Yeah. You know, like mannequins are going to yell back at you. Well, mine did, but you know, that's right. You're not going to screw up the haircut or burn off the curls or, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. It took three or four years before you started in a, in a salon after. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then are you, are you in a salon now? Yes, I own a salon here in Houston. Um, and I, of course, travel and still do stuff on set and, you know, things like that. So how was the feeling of being on the road, doing all these competitions, doing all these these events? And then all of a sudden now I'm working in a salon Did did you were doing both. But was it was it hard to make that adjustment? Um. In some ways, yes, uh, because it required a little bit more structure, especially when you're working, when you're working in another person's salon, right? Like when it's not yours and you own it. So then there's a, a expectation um, as a contractor. Um, I did work in a, a commission salon before, uh, 
pretty soon once I got into the industry, because, you know, when you don't have salon clients, it's hard to go straight into booth rent. So uh, <laughs> I worked in, I worked in a commission salon. So they, it required a little bit more structure. Um, but gratefully I had, uh, you know, salons where I was in Austin, um, in a salon in B caves and they allowed me to kind of make my own schedule and, you know, that type of thing. So, okay, what I said, what I said, when I'm going to be in the salon, just stick to that. You know what I mean? Like, so that they can schedule you clients. So it was a little bit difficult um, to get used to the, somebody using your shampoo or, you know, the towel type, you know, the little mini nitpicky things that happen right. in salons where people are like, oh, you use my shampoo, you know, that type of thing. Like, I was like, oh, I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was, it, that stuff was different for me. Um, and then just the structure of making sure that, you know, but because I've always uh, appreciated and respected business, I respected that business owner as well, you know? And so when I say I'm going to be here for these days, that in those times, that's what I'm going to do and be here. You know, I've often, I've often suggested that, um, that young hairstylists take a business class and it's not necessarily to know your business, but to understand how a business operates. You know, so, so when, when you're, when your salon owner is coming to you and be like, bro, you're throwing too much color away. Like you understand what right. that means, you know? Um, Absolutely. One of the greatest lessons that I got was from a, an old boss of mine. And I'm not going to lie. He kind of snatched me. He didn't even like, you know, have like a respectful conversation, but he snatched yeah. me and he said that, you know, when you throw that color away, nobody makes money, but the color companies, you know, he's right. not making money and I'm, I'm not making money not at making the hairdresser. Money. So the only one that makes it is the, is the color company. And, and, and although he snatched me, I respect that. You know, I was like, you know what? He's right. Like, like yeah. that's literally coming out of his pocket. Right. Yeah. And, and he's in business to make money just like everybody else is in business to make money. So is he. And, and, and I, I, I he wasn't able to make as much money or, or waste, just wasted money there. Absolutely. Yeah, you for know? sure. For sure. And so, you know, um, I'm grateful for those experiences because it allowed me as a salon owner now um, to be like, okay, yeah, do small increments of this lightener, you know, like you don't need two full ounces of lightning starting out, like, you know. <laughs> do you follow color by Carlos or Carlos's colors or something? I think I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always doing goofy little videos. He did one last week and he was like. He was like, when you work at a salon and he put all, he put like, you know, like a pound of shampoo in his hand and he goes, when you own the salon, you know, That's it. and I'm a hundred percent, hundred percent guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I get Absolutely. mad at myself if there's too much color, if there's too much shampoo in my hands, you know? Absolutely. I remember, um, um, there was a salon that I worked at, um, here in Houston and River Oaks and they would get, you know, those little condiment to go cups. Oh Yes they would put shampoo and conditioner in there and you only are allowed like one shampoo and two of the conditioner cups. And I was like, okay, but it uh, taught me how that I don't need that much, you know? So exactly. Yeah. I worked at a salon. They didn't do that for the shampoo and stuff, but like they did that for like the, uh, like treatments. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Cause yeah. you know, but, but honestly treatments always get overused cause you don't really ever know, you know, you know, you never know. Right. Right. That's correct. Yeah. So, so uh, those things are interesting. It's crazy, isn't it? It's just like as you evolve into this. But, you know, so if you're listening in, dude, I highly recommend taking a business class just to understand yeah. how business works or doesn't work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I actually um, on my site, uh, JW Beauty Academy, there's a salon business one on one class oh, that really? I offer what I do offer uh, in salon trainings. And so a lot of my classes are 
They can be virtual or hands-on. I prefer in-person and hands-on because we're all creatives and we learn by getting our hands in there. Um, but that's one of the classes that I offer where I go into salons and we talk about salon business one-on-one, the basic stuff, you know what I'm saying? So that everybody can get on the same page. And, you know, as you guys know, sometimes I can probably say in my class the same thing that the salon owner's been saying for six months, but they heard it from me, you mm -hmm. know? Um, they can receive it. Um, and so I think that those are tools that, you know, are very, very good to have, um, you know, and something to, to, to invest in as a salon owner or whatever, um, to take some business courses or to have your, your staff, you know, take some, take some courses so they can really understand, you know, what the numbers look like and things like that, because people see, you know, we know how to take some, you know, Hobby Lobby furniture and make it look really fancy. So they think the salon is making all this money. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, no, like we really want to make sure that we stay in the black here, you know? So, yeah. 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 I think it's, it's hard to under, I, maybe it's impossible to understand until you've done it, but you know, like the uh -huh. margins just aren't there. You right. know, like, like the margins, you know, like if you're running at 10%, you're doing pretty good. You know, now, yeah. now every time you throw away color, that takes away from that 10%, right? you know, and, 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 and if you're trying, if you're purposefully doing that to your owner, maybe you need to find a different salon because it's not fair to anyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yep. And I'm at a point um, that this year I made a promise to myself or I told myself at 20 that at the age of 40, I would retire myself from behind the chair full time. Um, and I was reminded of that by a friend because some things started, you know, ha happened recently. I started the year, uh, on the second in the hospital because my back was, you know, going out, you know, our bodies. Oh, no. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, okay, so, uh, I turned 40 on the 26th of January. I'm not retiring that early. However, <laughs> I do say, <laughs> I will say that this is probably going to be my last year in the salon in that way. Um, also because I think that the experience that I've had over the, over the course of my time, um, I can better service people through education, consulting work, that type of thing. So I've already kind of been doing that for the last 10 years or so. And I think that it's just time to do that more full time because I'm not interested in wearing my body down to where I can't enjoy retirement. Uh, dude, well, you're, you're, you're preaching <laughs> to the choir here. Cause, uh, you know. <laughs> My neck, my shoulders, my back are are, yeah. are, are all fired up, you know. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. There's a there's a there's a there's a lady on Instagram, Tony. I can't remember her Instagram. The the lady's name is Jenny Khan, but what she's doing is she has a she has a um on her Instagram. She's showing like like easy exercises that that as hair that are hairstylist specific and how to protect yeah. your body. Um um aligned something aligned or alignment or something yeah. jenny if you're listening and i apologize it. that i don't re that i don't remember but uh you know what right um but that's uh, helpful yeah my chiropractor is like girl <laughs> right? like, my spine is doing some stuff that it's not supposed to be doing right now um and so you know going in for adjustments and all that type of stuff thank god for insurance but i'm just saying like it's not you know it it, it wears and you think you're doing all the things but you know, I've been having symptoms of carpal tunnel in my hands for years now. 
So, I mean, it's just those things where, you know, I love this industry, but I also, it's time to pivot into something that for me, for my quality of life, I want, you know, so. Sure. So, so what are you going to do next? Um, more education. Uh, I have, if you go to my website, joliumsbeauty.com, you can click on JWB Academy um, and you can go on there and start to get an outline of some of the courses that I'm offering. Um, there, you click on it and it takes you to a few more things. And for me, because my niche has been kind of dealing with textured hair, um, and helping people understand textured hair, a lot of the courses have a texture focus, right? So I teach, um, a pageant and formal styling course. Um, I've been blessed to be a three-time Miss USA hairstylist and work with, you know, Miss Universe and those types of things. And so from years of experience, um, I've kind of curated a course around, um, how to do sort of pageant and formal styling. Um, hair and but it has a focus on this is how you do it for texture because how many bridal or pageant or formal styling courses have you seen that have a focus on textured hair um right. same yeah. thing with color you know i have a fundamentals of color course but it has a focus on texture um and i think that a lot of my courses of course we we talked about all textures but they're specifically you know points in there where we're specifically working with textured hair because i think that most of the time in dealing with texture hair in this industry, when it comes to styling, cutting, or coloring it, um, it's about smoothing the texture out and taking all the curls out to make the hair do what straight hair does. But you can actually style and cut, you know, hair in uh, curly and textured hair in its own natural state and get beautiful results if you know how to do it. So, you know, that's kind of where uh, where I see things going for me. I mean, not just for you, you see it everywhere. I mean, like in all the magazines yeah. and stuff, we're seeing like we're seeing uh, coily, curly hair just being in its natural state and, and just being yeah. just being dressed really well, you know? Right. So right. That's exciting. About time. About time. <laughs> about <laughs> Absolutely. It's actually amazing. Like if you were to like if you were to take a, a, a snapshot of like magazine cover from 2015 and magazine covers from till now it, it's completely Absolutely. it's completely i use the word evolved right it's completely right. evolved. you know yeah and and i think that um first and foremost you know i have great feelings and kind of cynical feelings about this and i think most people that deal with texture do um that you know someone turned on the light bulb and sent out the memo that curly textured coily hair is profitable before then nobody recognized that um that you can make money in mm. that it was not seen or or shown or believed to be profitable and so now what you see is this influx of people uh you know showing and displaying texture and curly coily and curly hair which i think is great um but also in that then you tend to get people just kind of jump on the bandwagon that don't really have a passion or love or understanding of it. Um, and so, you know, and companies are the major, I think, sort of indicters of that is that, you know, some of these companies have products that have worked for textured and coily and curly hair for years, but that wasn't the focus. That wasn't the lead wet line. That wasn't the, you know, the thing that they promoted um, before it began to be trending because it's profitable. Well, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I think that's the American way. Right. Like, <laughs> like you, you know, like, like, I mean, Thanks. you know, I, I, 
I don't I don't want to make an analogy to be offensive, but I mean, if you look at like electric cars that we've had uh -huh. literally for 100 years until Tesla made it made it profitable, nobody nobody was interested. And now every brand in the world is interested in, 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 in making, you know, make, make, making EV cars now. You know, it's like it's That's just true. the American way. You know, it's yep. it, this is what we get with capitalism. You know, we have to I mean, George Carlin had a joke 30 years ago. If we can make homeless profitable, there would be no homeless situation. Right. Facts. Yeah. You know, so so I agree. It, 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 it's just the some it, we need a shake up in America, you know, to, to to see how things are profitable, not necessarily that that they are or, or how they're marketed. Um, right. That, right. You know? See why they are. Yeah. And really get to the the love and the understanding of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, it, that is that kind of your cynical approach about it, though? Which one? The, well, you that, said that you that, that that like when we were talking about magazine covers and stuff, you were you said that you have a cynical approach and you, you understand it, but you also have a cynical approach about it. Yeah, I have just because um, I think that you know, so so there's been different increments in the movement, right? There's been um, where if there was any sort of textured hair, it was a person that was um, they looked they could be Latina, they could be you know varying you know it's kind of like a mixed race kind of person that could kind of fit in whatever mm -hmm. category um and the hair was like loose curls that were seen more like manageable and those types of things um so then you first had those you know kind of littered into uh advertising and and and, and magazines and and marketing um and then you know you started getting more um more brown skin, but now we're finally getting to where we seeing, we're seeing kinky hair um, being shown and displayed in a, in a glorious way that it has not been in the last 10 years, you know what I mean? Um, and so I think that even when it came initially to showing texture or showing coils or curls, it was more, it was still something that was, uh, for lack of a better word, more palatable. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying to the to the eye and to who they thought was you know was looking at it, um, and so and it wasn't it's it's not a necessarily uh, mindset of like we want all of the the covers to have you know kinky hair but give the same space you know mm -hmm. give the same you know to to coily kinky hair on darker skin than you do to you know curly girls like a Tracy Ellis Ross you know what I'm saying that's of mixed race that has these beautiful curls that that look and appear and feel to be more manageable than you know someone like a, a viola davis you know mm -hmm. what i mean um mm -hmm. you weren't seeing a viola davis at that she wasn't that hurt everything about her wasn't shown to be as beautiful as a tracy ellis ross 10 years ago um and so thus that's the stuff that i'm saying is like just be you know sort of fair across the board um and show that it's beautiful in all aspects and that there's so many different facets and there's so many different things that you can do to it, um, to when, when I in hair that, you know, it's, it's seen as beautiful and it's seen as worth it and enough and, and gorgeous. And it's, we're taught to love it as well. Cause we're not taught, quite frankly, we're not taught to love about the Davis. We're not taught to love her skin tone, her lips, her hair. We're not taught to love that um, initially, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's the type of stuff that I'm, that I'm saying that's, that's where for me, a little bit of a, a cynical filter is there because it's like, okay, come on, y'all. It's tw it's 2023. <laughs> Catch up. <laughs> That's nice, but it's nice that whether there, there, it's 
the change is coming because now there's, you know, it's money motivated or whatever. At mm-hmm. least, it, you know, the changes be, you know, hopefully the change is being made and it continues to be made and we continue to embrace and see more and more and more of the change. Facts. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sometimes and- it could be a wrong motivation for it. Uh, if it is say money, you know what I mean? But, uh, uh, but at least there, the motivation is there or the change is there and, and it's being, it's being made hope, you know, and hopefully it, it, it continues to do that. Well, I think we- I, I, I think that if you're a young African-American woman or a young girl and you're seeing the, you're seeing the covers, you know, with, with people that look like them, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a positive, no matter what the motivation is. But that's- I think I, I agree. I think it's I think it's a positive, right? That that's that's something that the needle is being moved. But I think that we have to be very um, we still have to be very vigilant and we have to be active, right? Because with with the with the wrong intention or with the intention only being money or only being profit, it can be moved in such a way that it can become novelty and you're not getting the appreciation of what it is. You understand what I'm saying? So I, I honestly, I, you just, you just kind of blew me away because you're absolutely right. Like, like it has to be, it has to continue. Otherwise it is novel, right? Yeah. It becomes, it becomes novelty. And so that's why, you know, movements like the texture versus race movement, um, mm-hmm. things like, you know, me having JWB Acad- uh, Academy courses that focus on texture, um, you know, people in the industry, Lisa, you know, people in the industry that are really showing textured hair and things like that and showing what you can do and how beautiful and how amazing it is. Um, that's why we, we tend to, we continue to be vigilant with it because if we if our voices are not heard and we're not being visual, visual, visual with it, I said that completely wrong. <laughs> if we're not being vigil with it, um, then then it becomes like, oh, the token again. And that's what happened prior to. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, oh, we, we, we're not racist. We got a black friend. Here you go. You know, we don't, <laughs> <laughs> here's a black girl. Here's a Latino girl. Here's an ethnic person. There you go. And so then it becomes novelty. You know, if the people um, aren't speaking, if we don't have the rooms, if we don't have the seats at the table, if we're not in the decision-making processes, if we're not at the marketing table, you know, with these major brands, like if we're not a part of the discussion and if we're not a part of it, then it will turn into the token again, as it has been and has proven to be over and over and over in the industry. So that's why I say, and I don't necessarily, you know, as I'm thinking about it now, cynical in the way of like, okay, yeah, it's profitable, but more so of just aware. I think awareness and accountability I think is more so, you know, kind of how I approach and how I look at it um, because, okay, that's great. Now, do you know why? You know, it's that type of thing. Like, just like if you're teaching a child, like, okay, cool, you got the answer. Now, do you know how you got there? Because right. if you don't know how you're winning, it's less likely for you to duplicate the win. Right. If, if I go to Joy Williams Beauty uh, Academy, are those some of the answers or things I, I'll be able to learn? Uh, Absolutely. And- game from absolutely absolutely um you know my texture one-on-one course is one of the most popular courses um and i do a lot of like one-on-ones and in salon trainings and stuff um with that or even just i have a lot of people coming to me one-on-one with that because you know really just breaking down and understanding how to shampoo textured hair has blown people's mind (laughs) how to condition it how to style it 
Um, I worked uh, with a major brand, Farouk Systems, for over five years. Um, I, you know, was able to accomplish amazing things um, through that company and with that company. And I still, in that, had to champion textured hair and understanding that you cannot book this photo shoot for 45 minutes if you want me to go from shampoo to style. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Like, yeah. um, having to be that big mouth at the at the photo shoot and say, she's got textured hair, we need a little bit more time, you know? And not because it's difficult, but just because I re it requires me to do a few more things. You know what I mean? Um, when I worked with uh, Chesley Chris, you know, who was our former Miss USA 2019, God rest her soul, um, she was very adamant about heat not being put in her hair. Her natural curls were that beautiful. And, you know, people didn't understand, like, well, what do you mean? How are we going to get the curls if we can't put a curl in our Use your products that you have. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> this is how you do. You hydrate those curls. You Once you hydrate it and do all the things, then you diffuse it. And boom, there you are. You know, you don't have to go in and curl her whole head when she's got curls already. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it it sounds silly, but that is that is really the understanding that you have to get people to get. Like you have to get people to understand that, that you can completely style curly, curly, you know, kinky textures without heat tools. Um, And so, you know, allowing people to understand those types of things are, you know, it's the, that type of work I think is necessary um, because there's multiple ways to do it. You know, in, our, in my 30 years in the industry and, and I, I, it feels different this time, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 it feels like, and I certainly don't have the filter that you have. I mean, we, you know, we, we all have our own filters here, right. um, but it just, it, it feels different. It feels like the industry really cares. It feels like, it feels like they're putting, um, they're putting people in the right, um, uh, at the right tables. You know, um, like our friend Michelle over at Matrix, you know, they yeah. they've allowed her to make and you know, to create a, a curly hair line. Right. Yep. Which, by the way, mm -hmm. has a great name. What is it? Uh, a Curl Can Dream. A Curl Can name. Dream. Yeah. I I've love that it. name. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, so it, it's, it, it feels different this time. And I, and I think that, you know, I think that uh, 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 I think a lot of the old heads are, 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 are not at the same tables anymore. And I think that there's a younger generation. I think that, that the people that are making decisions um, uh, have grown up differently or have seen things differently. Are you, do you I agree? Do you, okay. Uh, that's where I yeah, was going. I, I agree in that. Um, but I think that understand that Michelle um, O'Connor, I believe is her last name. I'm sorry, Michelle, yeah, yeah. I said the, black, the wrong thing, but Michelle, you know, has been in this industry for decades, you know, with this, with, with the knowledge and the talent and the, and and what she brings, the value, um, the value add that she brings. Um, and so, and I know that it wasn't like, oh, I have a line for this. Okay, great, let's do it. Like she went through some crap to get to that point, to have sure. her voice heard. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. even though there are, you know, some of the, some of the fossils are kind of falling away um, and there are new people coming that have a different perspective, that have more of a, a inclusive sort of perspective, um, understand that we haven't gotten to this point without the fight, without without the tears, without the, the years of rejection, without the being ignored, without being told that we're being a difficult stylist to work with because we're asking for certain things because we know that we need this for this, you know, texture of hair. Um, you know, those, the, 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 the progress that we've made, it didn't come out of nowhere. 
You understand right, what I'm saying? But, like it came yeah, from the past thirty years of but, pushing. But hold on, Joe, uh, Joy. But you, but that's what progress is, right? Yeah. Pro- progress is on the on the backs of others. Progress is is mm-hmm. the sweat. I mean, no matter what, no matter what progress we talk about, that's the journey. You know, uh, yeah. un- It's unfortunate. There's no doubt, but that's right. absolutely the journey. That's the journey. And so what I'm saying is, let us not let us not see the progress and 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 get lax. You understand what I'm saying? Because the same level sure. of 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 care and passion that it took for us to get here, we have to keep that same energy to get to the next place in the next 20, 30 years. So that's that's what I'm saying is that yeah, you know your that stuff didn't come drops, without a fight. Say again? Yeah, once your energy drops, you're saying that the movement's gonna drop. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Once yeah. the energy of the people that are industry disruptors and you know, if that energy is 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 released, or if that energy, you know, we take the, our foot off the gas a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Then, who who's gonna push it? If the folks that are passionate about it aren't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like a it, it's a double edged sword. It's the it, you know being a visionary. You know, it's like even with my type personality as a, as a visionary. You know, a lot of times. Um, visionaries aren't seen to be appreciative of what they've done because they're always looking to what's next, right? But what you've done is not for me. What we've accomplished is not for me. It's for those coming behind me to enjoy. I'm looking at what's next so that the folks that are coming, you know, still can have something else to enjoy, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like like the progress, you know, uh, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't done so that you can sit back and say, ooh, look what we did. <laughs> right. Pat on our backs. Great well, job. Well, I, I, listen, <laughs> Tony and I have been very fortunate where we've talked about, uh, uh, we've talked to, I should say, we've talked to, you know, many leaders in this industry, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'll tell you that the leaders from the lead, the true leaders in this industry, none of them feel like they've accomplished everything. You know, Thanks. meaning meaning like that they they they're, they're still driving on driving driving driving. So I mean, I think that that's again that's the nature. Do you know a salon owner who thinks they're successful? Probably not, because I think mm-hmm. the moment you think you're successful, that's when you uh, that's where you when you wane, right? So absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. Even even with the accomplishments that I've had in this industry, I'm like there's so much more, you know. And even even talents and gifts and abilities that I have, um, you know, outside of quote unquote hair, just as a creative, you know, I. Um, I'm a spoken word recording artist now. I have an album dropping actually on my birthday, January 26th. Um, and so of just affirmations. And that came from, because one thing that entrepreneurship will do, especially as a creative, is it will show you yourself and you will have to build yourself up <laughs> in days where you're like, oh my God, screw everything. I want to quit. Um, and so affirmations came to me over the course of my career as a hairstylist with just trying to like keep myself and other people around me energized and, um, you know, speaking things and spoken word and poetry and all that type of stuff has always kind of been a part of me. And so, you know, to be able to, you know, ha- now have an album that that reflects that. And I do have a song on the album called My Crown and it's about hair and it's about, you know, talking about textured hair and 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 helping us to say affirmations, to appreciate and to love the hair that we weren't grown up being taught how to love you know how many times and people that may even be watching they have you heard an affirmation about textured hair you know a lot of the times when i see clients come in 
to the salon, the first thing they're talking about is, oh, my hair looks crazy. Or, you know, they're speaking against their own hair. They may right. love it, but they're like, oh my God, it's so different. You know, the, there's not, we're not taught even in our vernacular, even our vocabulary um, to, to speak positively towards it. And so, you know, that's just my own little, you know, soapbox. I was just saying, you know, I'm going to take this part of myself as a creative and create a song so that we can actually speak positively toward our own hair um, because that's not something that has been taught. So, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, what's wild to me is that, you know, Malcolm X talked about this in like 1961. You know, he he talked about you know love, lo loving for the for the African community to love their own hair and their own yeah. appearance and stuff. And it, it and and what's wild is just that I mean, how many where are we now? Like 60 years later, and and and, and we still have to have an affirmation song about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know. So that's this is where this is where I talk about when I say. Yes, progress has been made, but we cannot let our foot off the gas because he talked about this in 1961 and in 2023, there are people, I had one the other day that sat in my chair that doesn't understand uh, how beautiful their hair is. You know what I mean? And not to say that that is my job to get everybody to that space, but if I see something, it's my job to create a solution. I'm very much a solution-based sort of person. Mm -hmm. um, we can all complain and vent and talk about how things are bad, but what are you doing to change it? What are you doing to, you know, to improve the situation? Um, and so that's 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 kind of where I fall in that space. Well, to bring it full circle again, I mean, I think moving forward, again, if, we, if with the assumption that we get, we can we can, it, it's the same or better moving forward. That you yeah. know, when when young people see that there's an image of them on a magazine cover, then it's not it's not seen as a you know. I, I think it's a generational kind of thing. Like it could take an entire generation to kind of to kind of understand the work that was put in um, that was put in by you know like uh, Joy Williams and Joy Williams types. You know, mm -hmm. um, um, to appreciate who they are and where they stand. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you know our parents and generations before us got to us to that to this point that we are now and it's our job to make room for the next generation to be able to take it a step further you know this work is not like a, I'm going to accomplish all these things in my lifetime <laughs> you know there's there's no way um but again it's it's to, it's to push that needle forward and to keep the same energy so that the next generation can feel you know like they have certain opportunities that we might not have had starting out so I think that that's what's important. When I, when I when I'm liking about it, the the movement as well. It's it's inclusive. It's it's yes. It's trying to get everybody, you know, to be a part, and, and and not exclusive. And I think a lot of people tend to be afraid, or, or like you know, like talking about earlier, and, and and you know, get it. I mean, I love the inclusiveness of of, of yeah. the whole thing. So yeah, I I agree. Jump in there, you know, and I think that. You know, that word inclusive, I believe, you know, in, in my generation, that is that is heard more often now and it is understood more. In my mom's or, you know, my parents' generation, it was diversity, right? And we recognize because we understand that there's a difference. So you can have all these different people that you hire, but are, are you listening to their perspective? Do their voices matter? Do they have a stake in which way we go? You know what I mean? And so... So we've moved from diversity, just having that token. <laughs> we got a token Asian, we got a token, <laughs> you know, Latina, we got a token black person, like going from diversity of just having people there to inclusivity where 
Not only are they here, but they matter and they have a voice and they have a stake in the decision-making, um, I think is, is, is great. And so I'm happy to see that inclusivity is now kind of what we're kind of going towards. Miss Joy Williams, you are certainly a joy to speak with. I I, you, I, I I absolutely appreciate you. I appreciate the time that you gave us. Um, again, you've mentioned a couple of times, but if, if people are seeking you out or they want to find you or they want to hang out with you, where, where, where can you be found? Yeah. I am on um, all social media as Joy Williams Beauty. So Instagram, all that good stuff at Joy Williams Beauty. You can always go to my website, joywilliamsbeauty.com um, and find get the links to the academy courses and all that stuff there um and then also for uh the album that i spoke about that's joy soul music so that will come out and you can go to joysoulmusic.com for that that's awesome l-y-s-o-u-l music i'm definitely checking that is it going to be on like spotify and stuff or do, do, do yeah you have to... it will be it will be but of course support your local artists <laughs> support your local yeah if that isn't the theme for the industry absolutely absolutely that's, that's the theme for the industry but yes it will be on all streaming platforms for sure, for sure. awesome uh, do me a favor and and when that thing drops uh hit me up because i will definitely support you i'll definitely buy the record um just let me know when it's, I'm, I'm not gonna lie if you don't reach out to me i'm not gonna do it but if you reach out to me i will definitely I will. do it um because I, uh, because I will support you um uh, uh, I, I I I I get lots of joy from Miss Joy, so um, so I, I can't I can't can't wait to do this again. Um, Miss Joy yeah. Williams, thank you for hanging out with us, and thank you thank for you joining guys. us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends, give us a rating and drop a review to listen to all the latest podcasts. Please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet and to stay connected on and off the show. You can follow us at hair Distry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time. Peace and love.